Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. So I do want to apologize. It has been forever since our last episode. Uh, I was looking at our most recent uh, um, uh, episode, or our last episode we did, and that was almost literally a month ago. So I do apologize for that. It just feels like time has been flying. Um, you know, we've definitely been trying to work out uh, – shows it hasn't just kind of been on the back burner um we have like a group chat with the other hosts and we've been trying to work out how to uh how to get some more shows in and they just kind of all fall have been falling through week after week um and uh so i apologize for that i know you know we don't like have any patreons or anything like that so it's not like we're obligated to do a show but i still feel bad i feel like you know let you guys down a little bit you know because some of you guys out there you know you try to eat up as much of the content you as you can get and for the longest time we are pretty consistent of every single week uh never missing a week up until like a certain point and it usually only be like one week and it would make it up the next week but you know i feel like over this last uh last four or five months, um, we've definitely been uh, falling short a bit. So I do apologize for that, and it is definitely something we're trying to work on. Um, it is not uh, um, because we're thinking about quitting or not doing the show. It's just been pretty tough trying to find uh, when schedules align. Um, but with that said, uh, one of the solutions I have uh, had in the works for a little while and, um, has, you know, we finally uh, – uh, would like to announce is we've added another member to Small Council Radio, uh, and I am super excited to have him as a part of the team. I know, um, you know, the more hosts we have, the more availability we'll have, and the more we'll be able to work with our other hosts to get some people on and, and do a show. So uh, without uh, further ado, uh, I want to introduce our newest uh, member, uh, Master of Drink, uh, Cyrus. Thank you so much uh, for being on and uh, for joining the team. Oh, a more appropriate title there never was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is great. Uh, I really enjoyed the show prior. I mean, I enjoyed calling in and being a contributor, but now I've gone to uh, to being a full-fledged member, and this is just great. It just shows that if you uh, want to be part of a group, just continue to pester those in charge and hound them relentlessly until they finally relent and let you in. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, it, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to contribute to the show. I have some uh, fun ideas for us moving forward. Yep. And, you know, I mentioned this uh, so long ago uh, that, you know, I think it was almost, it was more than a year ago. I mentioned how, we want to add like an intro and outro, you know, something a little fancier for you guys. I know because, uh, you know, our episodes, you kind of just click on them and it instantly goes to me talking and then it ends with me talking and it's just me talking 95% of the time. And, uh, you know, we want to add a little, I guess, flair to our uh, to our shows. Uh, so that's definitely something in the works. So stay tuned for that. I won't give away all the details, uh, but we do want to spice things up a little bit, uh, make things a little more interesting. Um, uh, another thing, uh, now that we have uh, Cyrus on board, we're looking at possibly even doing a couple episodes a week, maybe, you know, maybe every other week. So like we'll, we'll try one episode a week and like every other week we'll do a second episode. Um, 
but uh, we're going to try to splice in some shorter episodes in there uh, when possible. Um, you know, because I definitely there's lots of people out there that prefer both. Uh, you know, both type of episodes. You know, the longer format because they're painting or they're on a long drive and they're looking for something. You know, to pass the time. And then there's other people that just kind of want that short, uh, short episode to kind of listen to and uh, and just be kind of done with it and kind of get all of their info in in a short amount of time. And there's merits to both. So uh, we're looking to hopefully bring bring both of those to our listeners. Um, so I know we've kind of done it before, but uh, just for the sake of it, uh, um, Cyrus, why don't you kind of tell us how uh, how you kind of got into Ice and Fire and give, a, I guess, a little, a little bit about yourself before we jump into tonight's topic. Uh, so I was actually kind of late to the party. Uh, I was actually late in general getting into war games. I didn't start getting into mentors until maybe five or six years ago. Uh, and I originally stepped in with Star Wars Armada, uh, which was really fun. I just happened across it. Uh, there was a YouTube channel called Inside the Box, uh, which is w- one of my favorite uh, small YouTube channels where they did some lowbrow uh, skits having to do with it. And uh, so I, I started playing it, and I was having fun with that for a few years. But then I got introduced to Song of Ice of Fire, some more YouTube videos, and and no one in the area that I knew was playing it. I was thinking, yeah, I might I might step into this, and I, I, I look into it some, and uh, me and my uh, buddy went to my buddy Kurt. He's actually been on the show before. Uh, went to Gen Con 2019 uh, for Armada, and they had a demo game of Song there uh, with the new Baratheons that had just come out. Uh, with the Baratheons and uh, the Targaryens on the way soon. And we played a game of that. It was fun. I talked him into getting it. I bought myself a, a Stark versus Lannister starter and started playing Starks. He was playing Baratheon, or I'm sorry, uh, Lannisters. And here lately he's been playing almost nothing but Baratheons. And I've been uh, kind of alternating between Night's Watch and, and Lannister's. Uh, even though for a while there I owned most of the factions, I've recently had to pare down to only running uh, Night's Watch and Lannisters. So that was kind of my uh, road to Song of Ice of Fire. I wish I had started it earlier uh, by getting into it, you know, during the Kickstarter days and, and, and whatnot. But uh, even even being late into it, it's been nothing but a blast, and it's my primary game that I play right now. Nice, yeah, and you know, it's definitely a it's definitely a great uh, great starter miniature game. Um, I, I would say not that it's only starter; like it's it's a great. Um, Ice Fire is just a great game at all points. You know, starter, casual, experienced, uh, com- you know, competitive. It's all you know. It it kind of has a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, it's. It's definitely great to have you on. I'm super excited to kind of really get back in the swing of things because things are starting to wind down. I think I mentioned uh, last time um, uh, that, you know, with my new position at work, uh, things are starting to wind down. And, of course, they picked back up with a bunch of new stuff. But now they're winding back down again. Um, So 
uh, I'm super excited to kind of just get back on track and hopefully make up for lost time because there's a lot of topics that we um, have to talk about and get caught up on. For example, tonight's topic, if you didn't already see the title, um, it's about the Free Folk Hero Box 3. I know they're coming out, I believe, uh, next week, because um, this week is Lannisters and Starks. Next week is uh, Night's Watch and Free Folk. So, um, you know, even though they're coming out soon, still wanted to discuss them. Uh, just because they're coming out doesn't mean that uh, they don't deserve uh, a little discussion. And we definitely have a bunch of other stuff on our um, list to to get uh you know to discuss so stay tuned for that as well as of course the just more giveaways uh i will be planning a couple of those in the in the future so with that said we can kind of jump right in i know sometimes these uh um, product review um uh or i should say like unit review uh, t uh episodes can run long depending so we'll we'll jump right into it and talk about uh, the Baroque's Boar, or Baroque's Boar, I apologize, I have no clue how to say that. Um, this is the Solo Boar model. Um, it is two points, uh, and it can only be fielded in an army with uh, the Skin Changer. Um, it has a five move, three dice sitting on three up, a four up save with a two up morale, uh, it has Bonded Boar. This unit has three wounds and cannot grant victory points. At the start of the unit's activation, it may perform one for maneuver. At the start of any round, if this unit is not in long of him, of the Skin Changer, uh, it is destroyed. This unit does not activate as normal. Instead, when uh, Barak's unit activates, this unit activates immediately after them. So much uh, very similar to a bear, uh, with the exception of, I believe, a bear does not have... Or no, uh, this is the way the bear used to work, if I'm not mistaken. Because um, now the bear with the skin changer is a little different. Um, and then he also has gore and feed. Uh, it's a melee uh, profile, which gives thundering. And after the completion of the, uh, an attack, if it deals any wounds, this unit restores one wound. So... Um, I'll let you kind of start this one off because I'm kind of indifferent. I'm not really sure uh, what to think about this guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, looking at it, it's two points. Uh, and then free folk, it, it, it's kind of a tight squeeze. Like you might have two points left over and think, well, yeah, I'll bring the, the boar. But if you're already bringing Barack, who is, uh, let me look here. I forget how many points he is. On his own. Two. Two. Yeah. So you're bringing four points, and it's not an extra activation, which I'm pretty sure most free folk are going to balk at. You could bring a whole unit of raiders for another activation or four points for an attachment and another body on the field. But it does give you another uh, free folk unit that's on the field, which could, in fact, turn on cards like there's too many or... Uh, it could, it could body block. It, it, it can serve a purpose for its two points. Uh, a couple problems, though, is I'm not sure about the attack profile. Like, it is two, it, it's two points. It shouldn't be able to do much, but uh, the, the three dice hitting on threes and sundering would definitely be a thorn in its side. But if Barack's unit 
dies, then the boar can't activate. It's going to die right after Baroxian it dies if it hasn't done anything yet, uh, which is kind of a, a pretty significant downside. You kind of want to protect Baroxian it or Baroque. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the pronunciation the same. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I actually am not sure if that point investment is going to be worth it to, to most players. Now, to that, to that end, Hidden Traps has become a, become a tremendous order. Uh, so you might end up running uh, Brock by himself without spending the extra two points on the boar, especially if you just throw him in another unit of Raiders to, to make him essentially one point. The Raiders become stalwarts, uh, so they get uh, uh, the two-point morale. I think that's going to be a more common thing than bringing the boar in addition. But I could be wrong. They, they, they could find a place. Uh, but the more, the more I think about the boar and the things that he could do, free folk just do anyway. Like the boar could take an objective, but you already have cheap units that can sit on objectives that you're not worried about. Uh so yeah, it's kind of tough. It, it 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 could be fun to play with and and to like be that thorn in your side, and you end up like taking extra wounds from a flank charge from the boar after Brock activates. But it's always going to be attached, so you can uh, maybe see it coming if Brock's back to activate and that boar's nearby. You might be able to prepare against it, and then the three wounds on four armor. Uh, the most most attacks will probably kill it, but it doesn't provide any victory points when it dies. Uh, more give and take there. So yeah, there's good sides to it, but there's also negatives. I mean, is it fair for, for two points? Probably, but I don't see it being taken very often, just from my perspective. Yeah, I think the key detail that you kind of uh, mentioned is um, is the fact that this is in Free Folk. You put this and him in any other faction, and I think it's it's uh, a really good combo. You know, having this boar for two points and uh, and um, the hidden traps and stalwart for two points in another faction, uh, I think is a big a lot more uh, tempting. Um, I guess not every faction, maybe not Night's Watch, um, just because they have, like, you know, Ghost and maybe not um, uh, Starks. But, like, some factions that wouldn't have the option for this cheap two-point, you know, thing uh, with a, a pretty decent two-point attachment, you know, Hidden Traps and Stalwart, I wouldn't say is some, like, amazing auto two-point uh, attachment, but it's still good. I mean, I like it in the right place. Um, so I think that's only place that it really suffers. Like you were mentioning that for two points, I think it's fair. I think it's just because it's in free folk, it's not going to see a ton of play. Um, you know, you already have regular skin changers that are almost never seen, at least from what I'm aware of. And, uh, and you know, this is just very similar to that. Because uh, what does... Uh, 
a skin changer have? They have stalwart and just like the the ability for the three different animals uh, for two points. You're basically trading the three different animals uh, to have only one animal but hidden traps. So I don't know. I I like the idea. Yeah, I like the concept. The way that the animals are uh, in 2021, I don't think that's much of a choice. Hidden traps is a lot better. Yep, and that's the other thing is, like, um, even if you're playing against hidden traps or anything that's auto-hits, not necessarily auto-wounds, this four-up save isn't going to do much, and there's a good chance that this boar is just going to explode um, off of many different things. So, um, I don't know. Two points is hefty for something that doesn't grant. I mean, I don't think at two points it should grant an additional activation. I'm just saying that, I don't know, for what it gives, you'll have to be very, very careful with this with this model if you wanted to run it um, to really make it worth its points. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, almost a, in a, a situation in list building where you're building your list, you've already decided to take Barak, and you have two points left. Eh, I'll take the boar. I mean, that's almost yeah. where it comes in. The only other, like, upside I see to the the boar is uh, because it does activate immediately after Barak's uh, uh, unit, you'll, you could put Barak in a decent hitting unit, let's say some Spearwives or something, uh, shoot, charge the Spearwives, and then allowing the boar to go in, and who knows, you could, like finish the unit off or something. Your Spearwives have Stalwart now, and if your opponent um, tried to move before, you know, tried to do something before you did all that and you did the hidden traps on them, I don't know. There's some things I think you could do, but keep in mind that's two points for Brock and two points for the Boar. That's four points. That's a, raider. That's a whole other activation with a full 12 model Raider unit plus attachment. Right. So I think, yep. again really just comes down to the fact it's in Free Folk, and Free Folk have those raiders. Um, if raiders weren't in the picture, I think it would greatly increase the value of this duo. All right. Um, let's see. So kind of uh, talked a little bit about uh, Barack, or, yeah, about Barack's attachment, so we'll continue with the other attachments. We have... Uh, the Great Walrus, steeled through ice and snow. Um, he is one point and gives battle scars. Uh, this is the ability that after a unit, after this unit is attacked, place one order token on them, uh, or on his unit. Uh, this unit's melee attacks gain the following based on the number of tokens, and they are accumulative. Uh, one or more vicious, two or more sundering, and three or more, the attack always rolls its highest attack die value and may reroll any attack dice. So, I mean, you can't really ask for less than one point. Um, my only concern is that Free Folk don't really have any, like, super tough um, uh, infantry units that are just going to survive forever, at least yet. Who knows? Uh, the Great Walrus might get a, uh, um, like, a infantry shore unit um, that he can go in and uh, will really uh, 
complement each other a lot. But that's the one thing I always look at, especially like with Gridjoy is now having the ability to have battle scars with uh, cleft jaw. Um, you know, I'm looking for a unit that can take a pounding, get all these effects, and still be at like two ranks. Because um, the last thing I want is to, okay, now I finally have all three tokens, and now I'm basically dead. Free folk don't have a ton of healing. Um, you got Craster, you got some uh, regroup and reforms, um, but that's mostly it. There's a couple other things sprinkled in there, I think, with some uh, commander cards and whatnot. But for the most part, there isn't a ton you're going to be able to do. And like the most defensive unit you have is um, uh, if you if you take uh, Thens or if you want to make the argument of Savages uh, because of their morale. But um, the only other ways to make them more defensive is to use that attachment slot, which if you do, then obviously it's a moot point because you don't have battle scars in that unit. Um, what's your thoughts on, on the Great Walrus? All right, so a one-point battle scars is a great deal, but as you said, he doesn't really have a home that you're comfortable with. If you put him in uh, Cave Dweller Savages, now Sundering is overlapping for their two-attack bonus. If you put him in Followers of Bone, the Vicious are going to stack. Uh, if you put him on Raiders, you're, I'm not sure you're confident that those Raiders are going to hold on for enough attacks, but if they do, like if you do pull both of your regroup and reforms and you're taking those attacks, and now you have a Raider unit that has Vicious, Sundering, and highest attack die value, well, that's just a colossal thing. And re-rolls. Neck. And re-rolls. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, the pie in the sky, the... Uh, the, the dream scenario of that happening, it could, especially with the healing that they do have access to, but not much. You could put him in Thens. Uh, him and Thens could be interesting. Now, Thens being the most defensive free folk unit is kind of like saying that you're the tallest short person. It's not that <laughs> defensive. Uh, yeah. It's still only saving on fours with a six morale, which is good for free folk, but it's average for everything else. And if they get hit hard, uh, they're gonna they're gonna fall. What they want is to taunt a unit in that hits softly or that's already weakened, and just be able to to absorb that impact and be able to get. So it could be pulled off there, but it's not particularly likely. Uh, and then you definitely don't want spearwives to be attacked multiple times. Uh, that's bad for them. So, yeah, it's it's hard to find a unit that you really like him in, even though that one that one point for Battle Scars is a heck of a deal. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not seeing him. You could throw him in a greater unit on a whim and see if you can pull something off with him. But he, he doesn't really have you know a home what? that you like right now. I, I know what I'm going to try him in now. I'm going to put him oh, okay. in Spearwives with, mm-hmm. with the Walrus, and Harma's Bannerman for the healing when you retreat, and then run Lady Val so that you can retreat out, get some hits on you while still healing a bunch. You run Craster, maybe heal some more that way. I know this is a big investment just to make this one thing <laughs> yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. But still, Spearwives, because uh, it, uh, it says melee attacks, but still, you're looking at uh, not only doing the shooting attack, charging, and then now they're vulnerable, you'll have Vicious Thundering, Highest Attack Die, and Rerolls. 
Uh, so that yeah. could be something, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, again, you can't really ask for less than one point on Battle Scars or on right. any attachment. It's, it's really. a good bargain. But Battle Scars is definitely worth a point. It's just you're going to have to try to find how to maximize it in Free Folk. All right, next up we have Jon Snow, the Crow Come Over. Uh, he has the order Reckless Heroism. That's the order when this unit performs a charge action before resolving that action. This unit suffers D3 wounds, but counts as rolling a 6 for any charge distance dice. And he also has Southern Knowledge. Once per game, at the start of any turn, target one enemy in the long range and line of sight. Until the end of the turn, they lose all abilities and cannot be the target of friendly tactics cards. So, um, let me see. The point cost is 2. Uh, I think uh, definitely worth it. That Southern, southern Knowledge uh, could be, ar- you could argue that that is strong enough to be all he does for two points. I mean, because you sit here and you think about all the things Tywin does for six points. Um, you know, granted, you know, Tywin, do- Tywin does like three other things other than turn off abilities or four other things. Um, so, Man, turning off uh, all abilities, I mean, granted, it's only until the end of the turn, but if you know you're about to pull something off and you really need need that, I think this will come in handy, especially if you put him in um, some Spearwives. Uh, you, you have that Reckless Heroism to get that auto six so you can shoot, charge, uh, knowing you're not going to take uh, uh, get a Disorderly. Um, or you could even go the cheap route. You stick John and some Raiders for that one-point discount, and you sit them in the back while he sits there and waits for that moment uh, to uh, do the Southern Knowledge. And, heck, when you do Reckless Heroism, you could care less about losing D3 Raiders as you charge in, for the, uh, again, possibly for that finishing blow as that support unit. Uh, so I think... Uh, I don't know what other people have kind of been saying about him, but I would not be surprised if he is overlooked at first. What do you think? So, Reckless Heroism is probably one of my favorite abilities in the game. It has a minor drawback of you taking wounds, but if you're at full health, that doesn't bother you that much. And guaranteeing a six on your charge distance is so useful. It increases the threat range of every unit that you could possibly put them in. And it avoids disorderly charges, which drives me insane, especially when I have cards that I need to play. Uh, (laughs) Southern Knowledge, yeah. Southern Knowledge is a little bit tricky. Uh, It is just for the turn. It could be used defensively, but that would involve some pretty solid... Uh, planning ahead since it's a, it's once per game. So if you try to use it when you're about to get attacked for that turn and then they do something else and then come back to it, it's wasted. So it's most likely 99% of the time going to be used offensively. And if you pair him up with his best buddy, Egret, and get an additional inch of movement on your foot speed, you could have Spearwives charging, what, uh, 12 inches. Yeah, a full 12 inches, yeah. yeah. Just an auto 12, 
if you put him in Cave Dweller Savages, now you're charging at 13. So it can, it can, I, being able to have your threat range and say, look, I can charge from a foot away and there's very little that you can do about it is really strong. And having that and some control effects that free folk don't have a whole lot of. I mean, I know Mance has a lot of control effects, but that's mostly with uh, units. And, and if you do this, then I get to do this. His is a no. You don't get these things anymore. I turn these abilities off, which I don't think free folks have, have had access to before. It's really strong. I think he's great. Uh, you could potentially throw him in a unit of Raiders uh, and get the uh, the adaptive and get those two things for one point. That unit of Raiders could charge across the field and completely disrupt your plans by turning off any defensive abilities that that uh, unit might have, along with being able to charge from, you know, 12 inches away. It's it's impressive. It's a it's a good card. I think he's going to get used. Yep, and you know it's turning off abilities is always something that's going to be strong, um, especially if it's um, even if it is just for the turn. Um, you just have to be a little more careful when it's only for the turn. You really have to wait for that moment. Uh, but even like abilities like this is the answer to these. Um, these hard uh, defensive units, you know, like uh, Elden in uh, Stagnites, you know, having that hardened and resilience and all these things, you know, because it, it's not only shut off abilities, but cannot be target of friendly tactics cards. So no Brathian Conviction, no, uh, um, none of that stuff. Uh, so granted, as long as they're targeting Elden's unit, but, uh, yeah, just stuff like that. You have this super defensive unit that you can't, like, it feels like you can't even touch. Uh, you know, this is your answer for that. You whittle them down just enough to where they still feel like they're more than safe. You trigger this, and you go in for the killing blow. So I definitely see this uh, see this attachment being played. All right, so last up for the attachments, we have Mance Raider. Able, uh, able the ba the bard. Uh, he has the two abilities. Um, I want to say he is, yeah, he's a two point attachment where before deployment at attachments to an enemy infantry unit, ignoring the usual attachment restrictions. So similar to Maim Jamie or the, uh, um, what's it called? The other, um. Lannister attachment thing. Now I'm blanking on the name. Cut. Turncoat. Or uh, turncoat. Turncoat. Um, so he's similar to, the, uh, to that where he'll be in your enemy, uh, the enemy's unit. He has two abilities. Uh, first is camp followers. Each time this unit activates, it suffers one hit for each of its remaining ranks. So again, this is referring to the unit he's in. So this is going to be happening to your opponent. So every time they activate, they're taking a hit for every rank they have. That's huge. Um, and then he has sabotage and subvert. Once per game, at the start of any turn, your opponent may deal this uh, unit one wound to remove this model. If you do, they place one condition token on this unit, and it may not use orders or be the target of friendly tactics cards this turn. So that part is similar to the um, 
uh, turncoat from Lannisters. Uh, so I think, man, two points is a lot, but I think it could be worth it, especially in a two-list format. Uh, there's certain things, you know, you combined camp followers with hidden traps, and now um, – because this isn't an order. Both of these effects are just regular effects, no symbol or anything. So your opponent can activate a unit, take three hits for having full ranks, and then perform an action within long range of a hidden traps and take four more hits. Um, you know, that's a lot of damage just for doing something. Um, and then right at the time that it's key or pivotal, you sabotage and subvert, take off a, you know, now that's taking a wound off of your opponent on top of the hits they've taken. The uh, orders or uh, tactics cards can't be used on them. They get a condition token. I mean, so much can go wrong uh, uh, for the unit that Mance is in. Um, what's, uh, what do you think about Mance here? So... Again, free folk players might balk at the two-point cost, but I think this one is probably more worth it than the boar would be. Um, so it doesn't cost you other than the fact that you can't run Mance, uh, Commander. That's a big one. I know uh, free folk is mostly all about Mance right now, so you, you can't run Mance, Commander, you, but to run this guy in an enemy unit, I want to run more Lannisters, and because Baratheons are a thing and are the bane of my existence right now, I want to start running more Pyromancers. This guy, along with Hidden Traps, are the stuff that Pyromancers' nightmares are made of. You throw him <laughs> yep. in a unit of Pyromancers that are saving on sixes, they're probably taking three wounds every time they activate. And if they move within Hidden Traps, they're going to take more hits. And then right when they're on the verge of death, they get sabotaged and subverted. You can't play any cards on them, and they're going to get run over by a stiff breeze. It's, it's the stuff that – and there are several units in the game that have low armor saves that he will wreck. Uh, but if Five you're running high armor – Yeah, he's, he's going to be a problem for any unit like that. Now, if the majority of your army is uh, three up – you're probably fine. He doesn't bother you that much. Uh, but in those cases, uh, Greyjoys, uh, counter-free folk, um, uh, Starks even, if, uh, if you're not ready for him and you don't have a list that, that's, that's ready for him, he's going to ruin your day, uh, even at the two points. Now, it's another situation where it's like, okay, uh, maybe a free folk player is sick of Mance, yeah, that's never going to freaking happen. Uh, but let's say a Free Folk player is sick of Mance and they want to run a new commander and then they run Able to Bard as their enemy uh, NCU attachment, uh, then, yeah, I, I see him being run and being uh, a thorn in, in the side of a lot of players. Well, and another thing that I've mentioned in the past with uh, these type of attachments um, in particular, uh, um, to, uh, in particular, uh, Mame Jamie, and then before he got changed, uh, um, I guess even now, but Jack and Attachment, who goes in your opponent's unit, 
this like is a mental you know game that you now have put on your opponent you know putting this in one of their key like you were saying if you run your list and you play your if your pyromancers now uh let me just double check before deployment now have this guy in the unit it will throw almost everyone off their game like immediately you are you feel like you're on your back foot because you're like, what in the world do I do? You know, I don't have, it's not something you plan for. You know, this is one attachment in one faction and all the possibilities of something that you could face that, you know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, when something gets attached to your unit like that at the beginning of the game, it completely changes up your game plan, where you deploy them, what their role is for the uh for the mission and what you're going to do with them whereas let's say you know you, you have a unit of pyromancers or something equivalent that is more of a glass cannon um now uh now whereas the role would have been charge forward and really like wreak havoc now you're sitting here and you're like well now that completely shoots my game plan you know, now I have to play completely different. When you do that, often, you know, that'll show you, like, that. that's a sign of, like, you know, some really good players. If you, if you throw them off their game plan, but they're able to kind of pivot and change to a new game plan really easily. Um, but some people, you know, or just, you know, it can happen to the best of, of anyone. You throw them out on their, uh, off their game, on their back foot, and, uh, now, you know, it really makes it up an uphill battle. You also can't not activate your unit, right? Every unit yep. has to be activated, so you have to trigger him no matter what. Now, when you are getting low on health, you are taking less hits, but uh, even so, if you do take a full three wounds from the first time you're, you get hit, you're still at three ranks, so the next time you activate, barring anything else, you're going to take another three hits, and that could put you down to half health after two activations. Uh, and also, you're typically activating your combat units after the NCU board is already full, so you're not going to be healing that uh, wound, those wounds uh, after you've taken them, especially if you're not going first for the next round. Your opponent would have initiative, could have initiative and still be able to take advantage of your, your weakened unit. Uh, yeah, it, it could cause a lot of problems. Yep, and another important thing to note, because you were mentioning, you know, when this unit activates and you can't not activate the unit, uh, another, another thing that uh, it gets around is uh, uh, resilience. Um, you know, the Giants specifically say, uh, for any hits from attack or effects, but things like Robert Strong or uh, the um, uh, why am I blanking the Free Folk Resilience or even the Stagnite Resilience, um, all of those are only from attacks. So all of these right. hits are going to bypass those a lot of those effects that are only triggering off of effects. Uh, I believe Hardened also says from attacks. Um, so 
It's definitely a, a very strong ability. For every remaining rank, because he's infantry, more often than not, that means that uh, it's going to be three hits until they start losing ranks. Uh, unless, you know, of course, you put him in Kingsguard, and then it's still kind of funny, because even with a three-up and... Uh, it still would be uh, that a could pain still in be the problematic. Butt. I mean, that, that's, yeah, I mean, exactly. you could be pinging in wounds to that eight wound unit. That could still be problematic. And with his uh, sabotage and subvert, uh, you would still be dealing a wound when you remove able from the unit and giving them a condition token and turning off their abilities. Uh, yeah, if you're running Joffrey and able to bar gets thrown in your king's card, you might be in trouble. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, I'm excited about this guy. Um, I I think I'll definitely be, I'll probably actually be using him more often than I would, uh, uh, definitely more often than a turncoat or than Jackin. I don't know if I'd run him more often than Jamie, uh, uh, maimed Jamie, because I really liked maimed Jamie a lot. But uh, I still I I like him. Um. All right. So. On, that's it for the attachments. On to the NCUs. First one we will discuss is Jon Snow, Turncloak Crow, Southern Discipline. Uh, he is a, uh, where's the point cost? He is a point cost of unknown origin, uh, four points. Um, so he's a four-point NCU with a once-per-game. At the start of any round, you may search your tactics deck or discard pile for one coordination tactics or regroup and reform taxes card and add it to your hand and shuffle your tactics deck. Uh, I don't know about that. Like, maybe if it was both, like one of each, um, because it's he's four points and... Uh, I mean, it's only once per game, whereas you compare it to, uh, like, Cersei or uh, uh, Tommen, who could potentially grab four cards between their two tokens. But certainly, they're gonna, you're going to grab at least two cards. Um, you know, why use the token if you're, if you're not going to at least grab a card? So, I don't know. I feel like... Um, I would almost just say uh, make it two different effects. Once per game, grab a coordination tactics, and then once per game, grab a regroup and reform. So you don't have to grab both at the same time, but they're both once per game, both only grabbing one of each copy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. One total card for four points. Uh, both cards are really good, but I don't know. What uh, What are your thoughts? So talking about John as he is, he's actually not as bad as I think we're thinking. Uh, comparing him to Cersei and, and Tommen, John has more versatility. He doesn't require his NCU to activate, and he doesn't require any zone to control. It's just start around, grab the card that benefits you most. If you're in dire need of a heal, you can grab Regroup and Reform. If you're about to set up a killer attack, you can grab coordination tactics. Uh, the versatility there is pretty strong. And uh, it has it's not a replace effect like Sansa. Uh, you still get full control of the tactics board for the remainder of the game, even after you use his ability. I don't think he's bad. 
Uh, he does compete with some other NCUs. Uh, Free Folk are not exactly short on good NCUs. They have some pretty good ones. Uh, so, yeah, he might be jostling for position to be able to compete with those. But his ability, I think the strength comes from the versatility, that he just gets it with no trigger, start around, grab the card that benefits you most, and set up your potentially game-winning play. I think that's where he comes in. Yeah, potentially. I think uh definitely would have to try him out and kind of see if I can find, you know, the uh, moments where the where that might come, like, in handy. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, it's one of those things. You never know until you kind of try a lot of this stuff out. Uh, next up, we have Lady Dala, uh, Wife and Council. Spearwife Council is her ability. Uh, she is a five-point NCU. Each time Dala claims a zone, perform the following based on the zone she claimed. Uh, if you claim the crown, one enemy becomes weakened. If you claim the wealth, instead of removing condition token, target one enemy engaged with that unit. They suffer one hit, plus one hit for each remaining rank in that unit. Uh, if she claims the letter, uh, instead of drawing cards, look at the top two cards of your opponent's tactics deck. You may discard one of those cards, then place the remaining cards on top of the tactics deck. Um, overall, five points. Uh, I like her a lot. Five points is a hefty price, but the abilities, I would say the in, partic- in particular, the wealth one, uh, and possibly the uh, um, the tactics zone, uh, the the mail or envelope, whatever you want. Weekend is nothing to like scoff at. I still think that's a nice effect to replace the crown that you don't want with, um, especially if you're going to run three NCU lists or something. Um, but yeah, the those hits plus the hits from Able plus the hits from Hidden Traps, like. It could, it, it's a possibility that the amount of hits you could be taking is going to be ridiculous, which is funny because in a way it kind of makes sense thematically uh, because these auto hits are going to be less effective against this heavy armor, which is something that thematically Greyjoy, or Greyjoy's, uh, Free Folk would have trouble with. You know, they wouldn't be able to, like, really be able to deal with this, like, heavy armor, you know, if they were to just meet across the battlefield of, like, a heavy, you know, fully well-armored uh, Baratheon or Lannister faction. Um, whereas, you know, if uh, whereas if they're facing something that doesn't have all that great armor, just kind of sparse armor here and there, um, you know, the hits would uh, be a lot more effective. But that's just kind of kind of the way I see it. Um, what's uh, what you what are your thoughts? Lady Dala is insane. I understand she's five <laughs> points, but. A lot of these effects that we're seeing, we typically see them coming from full zone replace effects. And that's not what these are. These are half zone replace effects. Let me explain what I mean. On the bag, you can still heal and then do hits because the only thing that it's replacing is removing a condition token. So you can heal up 
and then do hits, you could potentially gain a rank from that heal and end up doing an extra hit. The letters, you're only not drawing cards. You can still place a condition token and then do the card draw trick. The, the amount of value that you get from just those two zones is insane to me, and you're going to be able to get one. Uh, they can't block them both. Uh, the crown is fine. Uh, weakened tokens when you're trying to play against free folk can really drive you crazy. But yeah, the, the the amount of value that she could get from the bag or the letter, and there's no token attributed to this. She can do it every time. She doesn't run out of tokens like Varus or Kyburn. She just gets to do it. I think that's insane, even at five points. Yeah, I totally uh, missed that. You know, I know I had read it the proper way and understood it uh, way back when they first she first came out, and but not like when I just read it, uh, it completely went over my head the, that she's not replacing the zone. Uh, so even the crown, you're still getting a, a crown zap on something. You know, something is still taking a panic test at minus one. Uh, granted, you know, we all know that that is very hit or miss depending on what options are available to you. But still, that could be a potential uh, three wounds and a weakened token if you're lucky enough with the panic test. Um, who knows, even four wounds if, uh, if they're engaged with a champion of bone. Um, so it's... Uh, so an opponent has to worry about the horse for Endless Horde. They have to worry about the letters. They have to worry about the bags, and they have to kind of worry about the crown. You can't block all those yep. zones. You're going to get hit by something that's going to hurt. And if they dis and if she ends up discarding a couple cards that you really want, that is going to totally turn a game. Uh, if she's discarding counterplots from the Lannisters or what is dead may never die from the Greyjoys or just you name it, uh, if she's just tossing cards like oh well you know you don't get that anymore. There are there's there's some card recursion in the in the game and uh, some that still is, is like coming back from from updates and and new units, but there's not much, uh, not enough to to be able to recover from some of your best cards being tossed. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> she's she's nuts. You know, it's funny you say that because that's another thing that kind of skipped over my brain is in my head, my, like the visual, I was thinking the choose one to put it at the bottom of the deck and one at the top or both at the top. It didn't even cross my mind that it says discard. So, yeah, you nope, are literally, yeah, it's, it's if you have no recursion, that card is gone. Key card in your faction and you have no recursion, yep. That's gone. Uh, for example, I don't think Baratheons have a way to recur it, but Final Strike. Yeah. Uh, it could be pretty devastating. And on top of that, like you said, you still get the condition token. And you get hand knowledge. So you discard one, and then the other card you put back on top, you know they're going to draw it eventually, and you will know that they have it. Um, so, yeah, it's... I think she's an easy five points, and I think you're going to be seeing her quite a bit. So last up for NCUs, uh, we have Mance Raider, uh, Deceptive Bard. He is a six-point NCU that has Intrigue and Subterfuge once per game. When an enemy NCU activates, that, NC, 
NCU loses all abilities until the end of the round and then has uh, disrupt communication. He's an influence when he claims his own, attaches the card to a combat unit to the end of the round. When influencing an enemy unit, your opponent may not target that unit with tactic zone effects or influence abilities. So um, I'll let you kind of take it, uh, take this one away. What, uh, what are your thoughts? All right, so six points is is pretty steep. Uh, now, having Intrigue and Subterfuge on an NCU card is better than having Intrigue in the Lannister deck because you always have access to it. You don't have to worry about if I'm going to be able to draw it at the right time to be able to use it. It's just there. Unless he loses all abilities himself, you're going to be able to shut down an NCU at a proper time. That kind of versatility is very useful. Uh, so that's that's great. It's very handy. And as play, as a Lancer player, uh, Intrigue is great. In fact, I played a game today, and I was able to shut down Melisandre with Intrigue of Septifuge, and that just was a huge sigh of relief. Uh, <laughs> now, Disrupt Communication. Uh, I, I remember during the start conversation when we were talking about six-point Eddard NCU, that one I think is better uh, because I'm pretty sure it blocks uh, NCU abilities as well, whereas this one only disrupts tactic zone effects and influence abilities. There, there aren't a lot of friendly influence abilities that you want to block. I think Catlin is one. Uh, I think Egret, you can influence your own unit to gain but she has versatility, and you can just place her on an enemy unit. Uh, there's not a whole lot of influence effects that you want. Well, I guess New Blind Baron, uh, you can keep him from attaching to the unit that you're influencing. Uh, but there's not, a, there's not a lot. The tactic zone, blocking the tactic zone effects is actually pretty interesting. No free attacks, no healing, no retreats uh, or maneuvers. That's pretty useful. Uh, now, the question is, is it six points useful? I'm not sure. I don't think it is. But I could be wrong. Intrigue is really handy, but it's a once per game. And then you have to have activated Mance to influence a unit to be able to get that secondary ability. I'm not sure that that's six points worth of uh, usefulness, especially in Free Folk when that's a unit and a half. Uh, yeah. Now you're already gonna, you're already going to bring an NCU anyway, uh, so you're really only looking at a two point difference as opposed to uh, the full six points. So is it worth the extra two points to bring him instead of uh, a different NCU at four points? I'm not sure because the, the, again, free folk have access to some pretty decent NCUs. So well, especially now that we just discussed uh, Lady Dalla for one point less. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not sure. I don't think um, Mance will probably see a whole lot of play, although the combination of effects are pretty interesting. Yep, and you know, I think uh, I think Mance this uh, Mance uh, at six points uh, suffers from the fact that he's in free folk in the sense that he's probably like just barely too strong for five, but 
for the fact these are like some pretty hardcore control abilities that, you know, being in free folk, it's probably, you know, they probably rounded up, so to speak. You know, they've mentioned on multiple occasions that certain factions will pay more for certain things that their factions aren't really meant to do. Uh, for example, a faction that's not really a control faction getting control abilities, a faction that's not really maneuverable getting maneuverable abilities. Um, you know, so that's probably something to keep in mind, that that's probably why he's six points is because he's probably like 5.25 points. You know, it just I wouldn't say he's like five and a half, but he's, I think a very strong five-point unit if he was five. And so they probably rounded up to the six for the fact that free folk aren't necessarily supposed to be this controlly faction. And, you know, they have, with this hero box, a lot of control elements. Um, Lady Dalla given some control. Um, then you got uh, uh, um, Mance Raider giving some control. Southern Knowledge from Jon Snow. Um, you know, all these control effects that, you know, they're probably trying to, um, you know, cost them a little higher, uh, and not by a ton, you know, just, like I said, probably rounding up. They probably didn't just slap a whole extra point just because, but they're like, you know what, this is a little better than five points, we'll round it up to six, and so on. Overall, I still think he has a place. Uh, I think he's just kind of overshadowed by the fact that Mansurator Commander is so good. Uh, and then now I would still argue that the two-point Mansurator Able to Bard uh, attachment is um, another amazing option at two points compared to uh, this Mance at six. Uh, so we'll say, we'll have to see how often he's taken. I definitely will, will run all this stuff, and then you know maybe we'll start doing some recaps on it. Um, or on just like a faction uh, as a whole, and we'll we'll touch back on it once we have more uh, more input. All right, last. I'm just in shock that only... uh, I'm just in Go shock ahead. that free folk have more commanders than just Mance. I mean, you wouldn't know that by looking at the <laughs> uh, at the games, but uh, yeah, yeah, free folk actually have more commanders than Mance. Uh, they should probably be tried out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, it's funny because uh, Mance isn't even my favorite uh, commander. My favorites are uh, Steyr and then Harma. I would, I'm not going to lie, like lie and say Mance is you know my least favorite. I would say Mance is probably my third favorite. But still, um, I'm just you know I understand why he's so good. He's just, in my opinion, not like super fun, like to play. Like he's he's very kind of straightforward. Um, Whereas I really love the retribution uh, style of play with Steyr and like the speed of Harma and like the maneuverable stuff with her, so <laughs> so we'll have to see. Sure. We'll see if some people are willing to uh, put Mance Commander aside to give uh, give this NCU a fair shake. Um, all right. So the last uh, thing we have to discuss is the only commander that they introduced in this. Uh, um, Hero Box, uh, which is the Great Walrus, Lord of the Frozen Shore. Important thing to note, every other commander is all about um, the commander's unit. Uh, it's, it's all about their tactics cards care where that commander is for their effects. For example, Final Strike uh, 
you know, cares that if it's Steyer's unit or within range of Steyer's unit or um, Tormund's, you know, if it's Tormund's unit, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was a really cool kind of thematic thing. Uh, and I'm not, like, that's not to then say this is a bad thing. I, the Great Walrus does introduce uh, affiliation. Uh, he gives affiliation frozen shore. And uh, so far, we have the Frozen Shore Chariots and the fo uh, Frozen Shore uh, Bear Riders. Um, I'm sure we're probably going to get another one, because um, if you wanted to run like a whole, a whole army of Frozen Shore, it just would look weird if all you have are bears and chariots. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll get something else. Uh, he gives, as a commander, go down fighting. Each time a rank in this unit is destroyed, one enemy they are engaged with suffers one wound and hardened. Each time an enemy performs an attack on this unit, after rolling defense dice, this unit blocks one hit and one additional hit for each of its destroyed ranks. And then, as always, with the commanders, I'll talk about all three command cards, and then we'll discuss uh, the commander as a whole. Uh, so, first card is Walrus Strength. Uh, when a friendly unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, if this unit is a frozen shore unit, this attack gains plus one to hit, if this unit began the turn engaged with the defender, it rolls its highest attack die value. Um, next one is Frozen Shore Resilience. When an enemy is performing an attack after rolling defense dice, target the defender, they may reroll any defense dice. If the defender is a Frozen Shore unit, they may also reroll any panic test dice for this attack. And then lastly, he has Battle Endurance. Uh, important to note, it does say melee for this one. Um, start of a friendly turn, target one friendly combat unit and attach this card to it until the end of the game. While attached, this unit's melee attacks gain the following bonuses based on the game round, uh, and they are a cumulative. Three, uh, turn, around three or uh, greater may reroll any misses, four or greater sundering, five or greater critical blow, and six or greater plus two attack dice. Um, I think a very great uh, commander. Uh, go down fighting is so-so, but uh, you know if you have some regroup and reforms and craster and whatnot to heal this unit, uh, his unit up, and really try to maximize that go down fighting, especially with the harden. I think uh, you know that could uh, definitely be something combined with all the other auto hits that you could introduce into his faction or into his army. Um, so. All of his cards are great. Um, Walrus Strength for the plus one to hit if it's Frozen Shore. If you began the turn engaged, um, roll highest attack die value. This card reminds me of Sustained Assault, but in my opinion, as long as you have some Frozen Shore units in there, I like this uh, card a lot better than your traditional Sustained Assault. Uh, that plus one to hit is pretty big, especially for some Bear Riders. Um, and... Uh, and heck, even the chariots. Uh, or again, he uh, gives a frozen shore affiliation to his own unit. Um, you could be hitting on twos if you have um, his unit attacking a unit while a raid leader is also giving a plus one to hit. Um, so that could be some pretty devastating uh, combos. Um, what uh, What are your thoughts on this uh, commander here? So he's pretty interesting. Uh, like you were saying, go down fighting, pretty handy, uh, especially if you have access to to the healing to be able to just get the that unit back up after. But 
a lot of units are going to be losing ranks anyway, so being able to deal that uh, that plank damage is nice. Uh, I do enjoy that when Hardened became an ability in the game, there was a fair amount of complaining about us, like, oh, we're so sick of Hardened, we hope Hardened gets fixed, we hope Hardened goes away. And then we get several boxes and like, hey, here's more Hardened. Uh, here's three uh, commanders and units that also have Hardened. Uh, uh, do enjoy it because it looks like Hardened is here to stay. Uh, but having Hardened and Free Folk, yeah, sure, why not? We'll just we'll just give them give them everything. Yay! Uh, I'm sure Brett's happy about that. Uh, looking at his cards. Uh, so Waller Strength, being able to give a plus one to hit just for being a Frozen Shore unit, great. It helps uh, Frozen Shore Chariots uh, hit even harder for their four points. Uh, and Bear Riders, it's going to turn them into problem. I mean, we were questioning what role Bear Riders were going to have being so expensive, but also being a you know 16-point uh, unit or 16-wound uh, unit. And here's our answer. They have their commander that synergizes with them very well. Uh, if they do end up getting hit, they can re-roll their defense dice, and they're pretty defensive. They also get uh, re-rolls on their panic test dice. The, re the resilience card is actually really interesting, looking at it closely. It follows the uh, vulnerable token counter that we've seen, where after rolling defense dice, doesn't actually happen until all the re-rolls have happened already. So your opponent will spend the vulnerable token on your unit, then you'll play the card, you'll target the defender, and then you'll get to re-roll your defense dice after the vulnerable token has been spent. Really handy. But that does not work for the panic test, like we see with other effects like Fire That Burns Against the Cold. Because the card has already been played, you're going to have to re-roll your panic test dice first and then they can spend the panic token since the effect has already been in play and it's not a simultaneous effects uh, situation. So it's really interesting that we have a card that now mixes the two uh, situations of before you know rolling attack dice, after rolling uh, defense dice, and, and, and all of that. Uh, and then I'm, I'm seeing Battle Endurance if that gets played on a Bear Rider. Good luck dealing with that in round six because that is just a walking howitzer. Uh, I know the Sundering will overlap a little bit, but a, a potential Bear Rider unit that has all the other effects of, of re-rolls and critical blow and plus two attack dice for their uh, for their melee attack doesn't apply to their ranged attack, but I'm not sure that you're going to be using that Spear Toss very often. Uh, yeah, you just have a, just a walking tank that's just going to be t just a nightmare to deal with in round six. Uh, not many other Free Folk units are going to be surviving until round six after you play this card on them because they're probably going to get zeroed in early in the game. Uh, but some units might, especially if you maybe potentially play it on... Uh, well, you wouldn't want to play it on a Chariot because now you have uh, ability overlapping. So, yeah, Battle Endurance is not quite as good a card in Free Folk as it is for, say, Baratheons or... Uh, some of the other uh, factions that have access to it, uh, Targaryens have access to it through uh, Grey Worm. Uh, but it, it it could, if you get that maybe as a late card and throw it on a unit late in the game, you could have raiders that are just hitting like a Mack truck and now, uh, wonderful, I guess I lose now. Uh, so, yeah, 
some, an interesting combination of cards, and I think he'll be a pretty welcome addition to Free Folk and give good incentive to try to give those Bear Riders a shot, even though they didn't look like they were going to have a, a role early on. Yeah, and you um, you had mentioned just exactly what I was going to mention, is that the Battle Endurance, the Sundering may overlap in round four, but, you know, uh, round six is just kind of icing on the cake, the plus two attack dice, but let's just not even count the, that. We'll, we'll say realistically, you know, turn um, uh, three, four, and five, which are most often the three most pivotal uh, rounds, you know, you're going to have... Um, you know, vicious sundering precision, reroll misses, sundering, uh, critical blow. You're going to have like all of these crazy effects on top of the fact that card will attach them until they die and they're not an easy unit to kill. And then you can even throw wall or strength on them. So now they're hitting on twos with rerolls. Um, now important thing to note, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I, I don't know if, I've ever noticed this before on Battle Endurance. Uh, it says on round three or greater, may reroll misses. Because um, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, unless I've been completely playing this game wrong this whole time. Uh, if you charge, um, are you allowed to reroll um, any dice or just misses on the charge? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's any dice. Because the charge bonus yeah. is you get to re-roll any attack dice. I'm going to pull it up just for clarification. Uh, of course, it's going to like elude me. There we go. Combat bonus. Charge bonus when a unit makes a melee attack resulting in charge action, may re-roll any attack dice for that attack. Very important to note because only being able to re-roll misses... Uh, means you cannot fish for sixes. You can't just reroll everything that isn't a six because that's what a lot of people do is that if you have critical blow and or precision, you can just, if you, have, if you need twos or better, you have just as much of a chance to roll a one as you do a six. So you just pick up everything that's not a six and you just reroll it. But for battle endurance specifically, it says only misses. So you cannot... Uh, choose to re-roll your successful hits. So I only so mentioned that. that would only, I was about to... Yeah, that would only Go apply uh, if you weren't already charging, because I'm pretty sure you can apply the charge bonus before you apply the uh, the three plus bonus. So you'd still get your full re-roll attack dice on charges, but if Correct. you were say already engaged or you lose your charge bonus, you then could not re-roll all attack dice. Correct. And the reason I kind of caught that uh, and kind of went off on that little spin there is uh, I was thinking, okay, well, if you do uh, walrus strength and make them hit on twos, you know, you could fish for that critical blow precision. But uh, in this case, you could not unless you had uh, uh, had charged or some other effect. Battle endurance alone will not let you be able to fish for those extra uh hits, which in my opinion, right. I think that should just, I think that would be a better, uh, excuse me, I think that would be a better rule just in general if you weren't allowed to re-roll hits, because um, the, the fishing for more sixes always seemed weird to me, um, 
but I don't know, just one of those things. Um, so yeah, overall, I think uh, this is a great commander. Hardened, like you said, in Free Folk is going to be a pain in the butt. Um, you know, there's so many Free Folk have so many ways to be defensive between the uh, um, uh, Walrus uh, is it Chieftain? Is that what they're called? Uh, and yeah all the different ways to get stalwart commander, now the walrus commander. Um, they just have a lot of defensiveness that you would not expect. Uh, so definitely uh, keep that in mind when facing free folk. They may be a horde faction, but they're not going to just go down like, you know, like they're nothing. You know, some units might, but they have enough tools to kind of to make up for that. So overall, what's uh, what's your kind of thoughts on this hero box? No, it's not a bad box. Uh, when I saw all the heroes box three that have been uh, revealed to this point, uh, I thought that uh, Night's Watch probably had the least that, to complain about. They had a pretty solid box, maybe only one potential dud in the box. Uh, there's some in the Lannister box that I'm not too crazy about, but I'm kind of excited about. And then here, it's mostly good stuff. There's a few things that we're hit and miss on, like the boar or uh, the the Manson CU. But battle scars. Yeah, battle scars with one point uh, walrus uh, attachment. But I mean, as far as potential power, Lady Dalla just could completely uh, just be a total game changer. And uh, having yep. access to a new pretty powerful commander is also you know, pretty useful. So uh, overall, I think it's an, a net positive, even with some things that might not get a whole lot of use. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a pretty decent box. I agree. I'm the most excited about Lady Dalla and um, Mance Raider, the Able Bard attachment. Um, possibly, John, like... Jon Snow uh, attachment for that uh, control. And then, of course, the commander. I'm always excited for the commanders just because they add so much different, like, um, you know, variety to the to each uh, army. So overall, yeah, I'm super excited about this box. I think this is probably the box I'm second most excited about. I'd probably at this point rate it at uh, Lannisters, then Free Folk, then Night's Watch, then Starks, uh, in in order of uh, what I'm excited for, because um, I play them all. You know, I, I have a problem. You know, I buy too much uh, Ice and Fire. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Hero Box are always my favorite thing, uh, because they just add so much value um, to each faction. So with that, so we can kind of wrap it up uh, and close out. Is there any uh, any shout outs you wanted to do and or any uh, anything else you wanted to like talk about or mention? Uh, no, just uh, thanks for welcoming me into the fold of the podcast. Uh, we had talked a little while back that I was actually thinking about starting my own. Uh, then it got a little daunting. It's like, oh, man, running my own podcast is going to be a lot of work. And <laughs> he's like, oh, why don't you just join us? Like, okay, yeah, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Um, so, yep. Yeah, thank you for bringing me in. Uh, and then we do have our Kansas City Regional coming up uh, uh, June 11th. 
Uh, it's going to be in Overland Park, Kansas, which is just on the outskirts of Kansas City. Uh, so if you happen to be in the area and uh, want to swing by, uh, we would be happy to have anyone that wants to join us. Uh, I think that's all I got. Awesome. And uh, if you are just a little bit out of the uh, driving uh, range for um, that event, our Illinois event just happens to be on the same day. It just uh, was actually the only weekend that my shop uh, had the available space to accommodate enough people to qualify for running uh, one of the qualifier events. So that is also June 11th, right? Um, June 11th, yep, and so um, I would say whichever one you're closer to, go to uh, go to that qualifier. I don't want to like take uh, you know either lose or take people from a certain area, especially you know all the effort it takes to go you know the extra distance. Um, and I'm sure all of them are going to be uh, a blast. So keep those in mind if you're in the Illinois area or close. Uh, we're doing ours again June 11th. Um, there's going to be a ton of prize support, uh, not only from the shop, but uh, um, uh, Small Council is uh, promoting uh, or uh, sponsoring it. I'm going to have, uh, see, how many, did I put them all away? Yeah, I put them away. I have like three starters that I'm going to be giving away, uh, plus all of the other stuff, a bunch of uh, unit boxes, just a Definitely worth uh, worth the travel if you're uh, if you're not too far. I know gas is getting a little crazy, but uh, you know definitely uh, keep it in mind. Um, if you are interested, uh, you will need to call the shop to reserve your spot. We only have t enough space for 20 people. Um, it is Games Plus in Mount Prospect, Illinois. Just go ahead and give them a call and. Uh, and put your name on the list and then uh, we're not requiring people to prepay uh, like if we reach over 20 people we'll just put it on like a um, like a, a reserve list you know and then that way if anyone on the first 20 doesn't pay they kind of lose their spot and then the next on the list and it'll go down and you can always call like you know the day or two before um, coming out to see what what it's like so so yeah, keep that in mind. Um, another shout-out I want to give, I don't know if they have any available space, but definitely go ch go check on a Song of Ice and Fire uh, stats.com uh, and sign up if you haven't already. A great website with a lot of tools and uh, a lot of uh, great stuff on there. But one thing, one thing in particular is the Ohio uh, uh, Regional or uh, National Qualifier event is uh, this Saturday. Uh, me and Spencer from the podcast are going to be going out there. We're going to be driving uh, out Friday morning, going to be spending Friday and then Saturday there. Uh, definitely go check that one out, and you'll be able to go on AsagonVicefireStats.com under the tournament section, and it should have uh, on there if there's any spots available. Uh, so if you're in that area, definitely go check it out. And then stay tuned. Uh, still working out the details, so uh, don't hold me to it. it. There is always a possibility something might come up, but uh, me and uh, Chris are working at uh, um, a uh, battle report uh, on Friday, and then uh, I'm, I 
not going to say when it'll be released. I don't know. You know, I don't want to put any pressure on Chris. You know, he's got a lot on his plate. He does such an amazing job with all of his content that, you know, it probably takes him a little bit to kind of get it edited and all that. But that is a plan, so stay tuned for that. And uh, I'll probably be uh, um, giving something away for any one of any one of uh, Chris's uh, Patreons. Uh, and or just viewers, uh, depending on what he wants to do. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and if you haven't already checked out Sunday Slaughter, uh, definitely go check that out. They uh, He mostly does battle reports, but from time to time they will do like a podcast. Uh, definitely great content if you're, you know, I know we don't really do a Patreon over here or any any uh, anything like that, but if you're looking to do a Patreon or uh, help a content creator in some in some way in that form, definitely consider uh, Sunday Slaughter. Uh, and there's so many other creators out there. You know, I don't want to like, you know, make it seem like um, there aren't. There's so many other great creators. You know, it's a huge list. Definitely, uh, you know, consider supporting them if it's within your means. Um, but with that said, again, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining the team, Cyrus. I've been kind of you know, mulling it over for a little while um, and, you know, feared, uh, you know, it now is uh, a great time. Um, and I'm super excited to kind of get more content out there and kind of get caught back up. I feel like I've been a little out of, uh, out of the ice and fire scene for a little bit, uh, for a little too long. So um, with that said, everybody, uh, you know, as always, this is the Small Council Radio and it is dismissed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.